Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort, and this is the end of the year 2020 episode. Really an episode that so many people could not wait to get to, the end of the year. And well, we've got a great guest for you today. Tolby Roach is president and CEO of Bi-State Development in the St. Louis metropolitan area region. And what an interesting agency it is for us to wrap up the year with discussing. They oversee the St. Louis metropolitan region's public transportation system, which includes Metrolink, which is the light rail system, Metro Bus, the bus system, Metro Coloride, Paratransit. They also own and operate the St. Louis downtown airport, the adjoining industrial business park, the paddle wheel style river excursion boats, and the tram system leading to the top of the Gateway Arch. And they oversee not just work in Missouri, but that's why it's called Bi-State. They also have service uh, across uh, into the next state of Illinois. So what a great agency and a unique look at how things are going. I, I had the opportunity recently to speak with Bi-State Development's uh, senior staff at a staff meeting and drop in on a Zoom call as I've done around the world and, and got a chance to know them. And Talby Roach, the CEO, was gracious enough to come on and, and be our end of the year guest today. I think you'll really enjoy this episode of Transit Unplugged. And thank you so much for being our special listener guests all year long. We've had a great year of 2020. Even in the midst of COVID, we've been able to start a brand new show called Comfort's Corner, part of the Transit Unplugged podcast, but it focuses more on the news that's happening in transit industries and a newsmaker interview with someone who may not be a CEO. So those run in between the weeks of the 15th and the 31st each month where the Transit Unplugged episodes run. Thanks so much for being with us. Enjoy this end of the year episode and stick with us next year. We've got some great new shows coming up. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Today, I'm excited to be with you, bringing you an in-depth interview with the CEO of Bi-State Development in St. Louis, Mr. Talby Roach. Talby, thanks so much for being with us today on the program. Oh, Paul, thanks for having me. I always like to talk transit. There you go. I recently had the opportunity to share some on the future of public transportation with your bi-state staff and found that you got some great, you got a great team there, Talby, running your transit system. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I do. But of course, part of, you know, keeping that good team is engaging them and always exploring new ideas and talking to your colleagues across the country and really across the world. I want to really want to thank you for that because, you know, sometimes you, you need that little nudge to get out of your comfort zone to maybe think of our product in a new way. You know, after all, all of our cities and our towns and our states, they're all changing. So why shouldn't we be changing around them? That's great. St. Louis is known for the big arch you have there. That's where a lot of people across the country, you know, it's, it's a symbolic of your city. But tell us some about, uh, first off, tell us about your agency. And then I want to hear about your career path and how you ended up there. But I think it's better to set it in context by state development and you all run transit, how you're organized. Give us a, a rundown on all that. Sure. So interestingly enough that you bring up the arch because one of our business units is actually is tourism and innovation and we run the arch tramp. So really? yes, we do. That nice, beautiful piece of uh, steel that shoots up into the sky is, is one of our business entities. We do that cooperatively, obviously with the national park service, but we 
run the actual tram. So the very, uh, the elevator that goes up to the top and we, we run that. We also run a smaller airport just across the river. That is the downtown St. Louis airport. And that's just a general aviation airport. But our largest business unit is, of course, the transit unit. And that really accounts for a good 95 to 96% of really what is bi-state development. And, you know, why is it called bi-state? What states are we talking about? Missouri and who else? That's right. Missouri and Illinois. So one thing that is very unique to my agency is we're one of the few agencies that is set actually by a charter um, and an act of Congress. So we have a federal charter that notes um, the governance of my agency, of Bi-State, and that allows for the interoperability of essentially a transit system across two states, multiple jurisdictions, and I don't even want to tell you how many towns. (laughs) That's amazing. Wow. And so who do you, who like, you're the CEO, so who do you report to? So, of course, like everybody else on the podcast, I have a board that I really answer to. They are my masters. And there are 10 board members, five from Illinois and five from Missouri. They tend to rotate off in, uh, oh, uh, between two and three year cycles. They are essentially the governing board that I answer to. Now, very interestingly, uh, is uh, for any major decisions, you need to have a supermajority in both states. So I need to carry at least six votes and at least three of them have to come from each state. So it means that it sometimes that may seem cumbersome, but it requires us to be relentless about building consensus. I mean, really, in order to move cities and towns and states forward, I think, uh, you know, our biggest challenge as professionals is to be constantly looking at how do we build momentum and consensus? You know, consensus is sometimes seen as a bad word, not, not I think, in the transit industry, not in building what our future cities and towns are going to look like. I think consensus is the key to success. And how are those board members appointed? So they're appointed by the individual elected chair of each, so of the city of St. Louis, of the county of St. Louis County, and then in St. Clair County in Illinois and Madison County to the north. And so each of those are uh, elected by the, or essentially appointed by the elected chair of each of those jurisdictions. Okay. And then, so how do you get funded? Do they all like pony up money plus your federal money and your fare box? That's right. I got to pass a a budget annually. And I I have a a budget roughly of $300 million a year, an annual operating budget in the transit services. And then that is divided between those jurisdictions. But I have to then pass my budget through my board of commissioners and then go to each uh, individual jurisdiction and also go through the budget process with them. And that's really been, since I've been in my seat here, that has been the relentless pursuit of trying to do that on time and on budget. As I think many of the people on the podcast could sympathize with, boy, it's hard to get through some of those councils and, and, and again, gain that consensus and understanding of where do we want to go as an organization and as a region, and are we accomplishing that as professionals? And so trying to be relentless about that timing and and listening to those voices and and responding to them adequately is all about building integrity, integrity as an organization. That's great. So how long have you been there? Tell me something about your career journey and and what your role (laughs) is there. Sure. So I've been here almost two years now. So in a 
transit parlance, that's certainly a rookie. And it's been going well. It's challenging, of course. Who would have known what these extraordinary times, what would show up? But it shows up anyway. But I've been working really in and around this system for the past 20 years of my career. And prior to this, I was the CFO in uh, St. Clair County for the Transit District, so one of the funding organizations. And I worked on the light rail extension out there to Scott Air Force Base in the development of that. And I also worked on several infrastructure projects for St. Clair County, including, well, it's a very diverse list, one of which is a a multimodal high-speed grain transfer facility on the riverfront. So, you know, not in the transit specific, but very similar skill set to working with, you know, federal and state partners on infrastructure projects. And prior to that, I actually had a career in commercial real estate development. So uh, I worked for a large commercial real estate firm and actually that got in, got me into really kind of structured bond financings, which gave me a background in some of the financings that are typically used in the transit industry and, of course, moved on from there. That's interesting. So your agency oversees not just transit, but a small airport and and running the elevator up, up the uh, up the arch. Is there anything else your agency does? So, yeah, actually, we also uh, oversee a coordinated freight district. Now, this freight district, which is run by a a really top-notch professional in my organization, Mary Lammy. Um, So, what that is, is a coordinating organization for all of the rail assets within our greater, actually, an eight-county area. And one key differentiation of the St. Louis area is it's a real nexus point for rail and river assets. And of course, the economic future of our region tends to hinge from these assets and promoting them and being sure that there's a lot of coordination on a state and local level and a federal level is really key to our future. And so we run a freight district, which then helps coordinate and move forward a lot of these assets. For instance, a rail bridge over the Mississippi River has much more value than the steel that it's made out of. Uh, You know, that movement and freight movement is in, especially in in what is the intermodal and hot intermodal world right now in freight, is really key to development of our future. That's good. So tell me about your transit system. You know, what type of service do you offer, those kind of things? Sure. So so we do have a, a light rail system that is obviously the base, the spine of our system. And so we started with one line, and that was the original line that ran from Illinois all the way out to our airport, Lambert Airport in St. Louis. And then we did an extension, the one that I worked on, out to Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. And then we did a further extension out to the south into Shrewsbury. And so it's uh, very successful. We have about 80 LRV vehicles that run throughout that line, and it it tends to be very good. And that's essentially, like a lot of other systems, serves as our overall spine. Okay. And then from there, we have the overlying bus system. We run a bus system of that has a fleet of about 425 buses, um, and that of course transects that light rail line. And then of course we have our paratransit function, which we call call a ride, which is of course typical on-demand paratransit service. Is, is any of that contracted out or do you run it all yourself? We do run it all ourselves. However, certainly in the new era of kind of trying to look at, you know, what is the product that we're providing? We have been looking at subcontracts, especially on uh, mobility as a service and service on demand, especially in some of our less frequently used um, areas of service. 
And we've been actively looking at that, specifically in St. Louis County, of what are the places where we really do business well? Where do we not do business well? And how are these integrated pieces of transportation and how can the things that we do well serve those areas? One thing that I always like to differentiate, and I always push against people when they use private sector modeling for what we do, because I find it to be highly inaccurate. Because this isn't about making money, it's about providing service. Our end product is service and the amount of service that we provide to our individuals and to our citizens. And so we need to figure out how we do that best, most efficiently, and spread it out to the entire area. Let me tell you, that's a real challenge when, when you have two different states and you have all these different different jurisdictions, because the political decisions tend to be much more parochial. It's one of our biggest challenges is, is you know, kind of coming to that, um, uh, translating that as far as a vision of the city that we want to see and the version of transit that everybody wants to see. That's great. And so you, you mentioned to me earlier, you have a couple people that run various facets. So tell me about who runs your transit. So that's right. So I have an executive director is really my chief operating officer of the transit, which is, who's a young professional, Jessica Meffer Miller, and she does an excellent job. Very technically sound. Um, and you know what I really like about Jessica? She tends to push me and we push each other and we're comfortable with that because Coming up with new ideas and coming up with innovations is, is a really key part of that. And, and fostering a healthy attitude towards that exchange is key to success. You know, one thing that I like to say to my employees is, you know, look, if we're going to be innovative, if you're going to really try new ideas, we're going to try a few things that don't work. You know, maybe out of five innovative ideas, maybe you'll get two to, or three that will really work. So there's a little bit of inherent failure in there. And, you know, I think one maybe criticism of even myself and our own industry is every once in a while we've been, we've been loath to get out in front and take those risks. And of course, but those are the risks that are happening every day in our cities and, and in the regions where we want to make a difference and begin, become innovative and different. So it takes a little bit of courage. And part of that courage is maybe pushing each other a little bit. That's great. We've all had an interesting year in 2020. Tell me about how Bi-State has fared and what kind of things you're doing, you know, to respond to COVID, any of the unrest in the city, those kind of things. Has that impacted you? And what have you done to respond to it? Heck yes, it's impacted yeah. us. But it shows up anyway. So I think what you do is, is you know, you turn to your systems, your professionalism, and, and you, you do the best that you can. And you do the best you can because you care. I mean, I care about my city and I care about the folks who, who are on our system. And I need to show them that I do by acting as professional as possible. Now, I'm an optimist. I'm in the transit business. So you know that I am. But, you know, what was really interesting when COVID hit us most, and I guess that would be March, the most difficult time, you know, we were having trouble getting service out and getting our employees in and so on. A very intimidating time. You know, the real heroes, the folks who still showed up to those yeah. 430 shifts and still, yeah. you know, ran that number 70 grand line, you know, who, who those are the folks who really make a difference in my city. But I'll tell you, we were having trouble getting service out. And we were looking at, okay, how much do we pair back? And, and obviously that was the narrative. So very interesting is who I got calls from that weekend. Well, I got calls from, we have a large neighborhood conglomerate around here. It's called Schnucks, okay, which is a lo local family name. 
but it's it's a large commercial food operator and they run groceries all across the city. And of course, I got a call from their CEO begging us, please do not stop service. Do not stop service. Don't don't pull back. I still need to stock shelves. I still and those and my folks are riding your system. It was a great connection. And as a matter of fact, I, I asked our partners from our grocery operators, how could they help? And, and as a matter of fact, they gave us a discounted gift card for our drivers, okay, which we were able to give them as an incentive package for showing up for those hard shifts at the height of COVID. Wow. And it let us do and establish some of those importance and critical natures of the essential workers across our city. You know, the, the nurses, uh, the folks who clean the floors, the folks who stock the shelves, you know, that's where our fundamental ridership is. Those are the folks who are still riding my system right now, okay? And yes, I want my choice riders. Sure, I want them. I, I want them back as soon as I can get them. But let's also identify who really runs our system and how do we run it across the across the city. And the one silver lining I would say we've gotten from COVID is maybe a little bit of realization of that and how important those people are to moving our city, stocking our shelves, and taking care of our hospitals. That's great. It's really true. A good friend of mine actually has a company there in St. Louis, uh, MTM. I'm sure you've heard of them, Elena oh, Messia. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's helped a lot of transit systems around the world and around, around the country, I guess, work on making sure that they're you know, meeting the needs of uh, medical uh, they do a lot of medical transportation as well as um, helping ADA certification, lots of other things. Uh, right. so it's a it's another family-owned business that's really done well right. in your area. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we've partnered in, and MTM does our certification on paratransit right oh, now. Okay. Yeah. Those are yeah. the kind of partnerships that we intend to keep building, figure out what works, be flexible, and uh, find good professional colleagues who help us uh, to look at and, and, and do things in new ways. That's good. Yeah, we hired her in Baltimore, too, when I was CEO there. Did a great job for us there. What's coming next for you guys, Holby? You, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you may, maybe mentioned mobility as a service or some other things. What's on the horizon for Bi-State? Well, I had the pleasure just not too long ago, a few weeks ago, of getting some of my electives out in front of a real nice green and blue electric bus. So we actually have, and we've gotten on, on, on order three of the, the new 60 foot new flyer, all electric buses, really exciting and incredible products. Well, it's just beautiful, stunningly good looking. Um, and, you know, taking the opportunity to put a few in a, in a key thing for us for, to figure out our success understand the needs of our electeds, of our funders, understand what they want to do. And let me tell you, they were thrilled to stand in front of that bus. But in order to do that, think of how are we doing things a little bit differently, responding to the needs of the public to become greener, find new products. What was really interesting, so we're getting 14 of those buses and they will be put on one of our our key north-south lines. So our largest bus line, as a matter of fact, the number 70 grand. And it provides that higher level of service in electric conveyance. And uh, we think it'll be really well received. It's really exciting to kind of see those new products come out and, you know, kind of show our shiny side. And I, yeah. I think we all need to do that a little bit. Absolutely. That's great. Anything else you've got coming up on the horizon? Well, sure. So part of this is, of course, is looking at 
And we did have a bit of a delay at looking at kind of refocusing our bus system, changing some of those alignments. We were looking at, especially on the Missouri side, at what uh, a program we're called Metro Reimagined. So looking at concentrating some of our service on our most frequently used routes. So of course, moving our headways down, uh, using some of the fundamental behavior economics that other people have been using for years, you know, getting those consumers to decisions that are those 15 minute decisions, you know, where, where, for instance, is our product placed on the, on the rack of life, make it easy to grab. Okay. So do that by cutting headways, by concentrating service on our largest routes. Those are the fundamentals that we've been looking at in fundamental redesign, doing that also in Illinois in a program called Transit Vision 2020. Now, unfortunately, COVID showed up, uh, so it probably makes sense for us to tap the brakes a little bit on that so that we're not rolling out, of course, in a situation where we are obviously down in ridership, Um, but always pushing that, thinking of our community is changing, so how are we changing? So thinking of it that way and being sure that we're creating the service level and impacts that, that are intended. That's awesome. Yeah. A lot of transit systems, as you know, kind of are following that model that Tom Lambert at Houston laid out for us uh, back in, uh, I guess it was 2016, something like that. Uh, it is really, uh, and, but I've also heard from many CEOs saying just what you said, that coming out of COVID, if they were in the process, they're going to wait and analyze what the ridership patterns are coming out of that because you don't want to lay out service based on pre-COVID situation if you're only going to get up to 80 to 90% of your ridership on some. As we come into the end of the year, uh, which, you know, was coming just a crazy year, 2020, in in all of our lives, what are your hopes for 2021 as we wrap up our interview here? Well, I'll tell you, my hope for 2020 is for it to be over. (laughs) (laughs) I am done with that 2020. I will tell you that. Enough has shown up, okay? So I'm ready to just resign the last two months. But, But very seriously... I think what it is, is to gain a stability and keep our feet on the ground right now so that we're at a point, and I will tell you, Paul, right now, we think we're a good year away from really welcoming everybody back to the system. You know, let's assume that we have that vaccine in place and so on. It's going to take some time to get that back out. So what we need to do is stabilize our system, make some of the changes that we can make in system integrity. So system integrity associated with safety and health, we can do some of those things now and then essentially try to get our product where it is as clean and as comfortable to our ridership as possible so that they regain that confidence to get back in our system. That's great. I think you're speaking for hundreds of transit executives around the country when you say that. Thank you so much, Talby Roach, for being our guest today on Transit Unplugged. We wish you the best as we head out of 2020 and into 2021. Thanks, Paul. And let's keep riding. There you go. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.